Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me. me. (laughs) All right, preach the word. That is what we're going to do. Open to the book of First John. First John, we are in. This series in the book of First John, I hope you've been reading it over and over, and if you haven't, there's still time to catch up and read through it once a week, and in your, in your bulletin on the back, it shows the text we'll be looking at next week, but I hope you're reading through the book of First John and just really soaking in these words that John wrote to us with the purpose he says at the end, chapter 5, I write these things so that you may know you have eternal life. John wants you to be confident that you have eternal life. He doesn't want you to wonder about it. He doesn't want you to to, uh, have doubts or questions. He wants you to be sure that you have eternal life. So today, as we uh, go through our our particular uh, text today in chapter 3, see if I can get rid of that, in chapter 3, I'll ask you to think about two words. Two words. I'm going to say these two words, and and then I want you to see if if a picture comes into your head when I say these two words. Or maybe a person comes into your head. Or a place comes into your head. Here they come. Two words, and you're going to see what vision shows up in your brain. Excellent service. That's the two words. Excellent service. I bet something came right into your brain when you said that. I bet a person came into your brain or a place because we've all experienced it, haven't we? All of us have experienced excellent service at some time or place in our life. It could have been a a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant. You were just blown away. You couldn't believe it. Left them a big tip, wrote a note to the the, uh, manager, Maybe it was a flight attendant on an airplane, a mechanic at an auto shop. Wherever it was or whoever it was, you remember it. You know it to this day because you received excellent service. And when you think about that, when you think, okay, that that person or that place or that event, excellent service, do you remember the words that that person said to you? You might remember some, but it's probable that that's not the main thing you remember. You weren't necessarily listening to their words. You were seeing their actions. That's what excellent service is. It's not about words. It's about action. And we remember actions of service. As a matter of fact, we just did that today in communion. In communion today, we remembered not so much the words of Jesus. That wasn't the main reason that Jesus gave us. Maybe you did think about some of His words. But the main thing that we do when we break bread, chew it up, swallow it, take the wine or the grape juice and 
drink it and swallow it down. The main thing we do is we remember action. Acts of service. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. We remember that Jesus sacrificially gave up His life. No one took it from Him. We remember that He willingly was our substitute dying for our sins. We remember that God had the power to raise Him from the dead. We remember acts of service. And in our text today, as John continues to give us these evidences that we have the gift of eternal life, that we can know we have eternal life, as he continues to give us evidences of that, he's going to offer the evidence of serving people. He's going to say to you, you serve people, don't you? That's part of what you do with your life. And that's evidence that you have the gift of eternal life. He calls it, the word serving is not really in our text today, but he calls it love in action. So let's pray, and then we'll read our text, and we'll look at these evidences. God, thank you for today. Thanks so much for our church family, for our children uh, that are here that encourage us so much. I'm grateful for them, God. I pray that their hearts are their little hearts are just being formed while they're together today in class and that great things are happening there for them, God. Uh, Lord, we, we pray for those that are in Mexico today and we thank you for their service. We thank you for what they're doing. We pray, God, that you would be with, uh, with those that in, in our church family today that we just love who are suffering. There's a lot of suffering going on in our church family, God, and we just, we, we want... Uh, we want to be a part of your work in people's lives of serving and loving and uh, being there with our presence. And so help us to do that, God. Lord, as our habit is, we want to pray for another church in our town today. Today I pray for one church just down the road here. And I pray especially for their ministry to celebrate recovery for those who have hurts and habits and hang-ups. And we just ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, to work powerfully through Ronnie and Jennifer there as they lead that ministry. We pray also uh, for Todd and his wife, and we ask you to be with them. As he preaches today, we pray that he would preach this gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And we pray that people would respond to that story. We know that is the power unto salvation. We believe it with all of our hearts so we can pray it with confidence. Now today, be our teacher, God, and help our hearts to be open. We pray that you might help us to leave here today, not the same as we came. More confident, more sure, more positive that we have eternal life. And we pray all this through the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. So our text today is a little bit lengthy, but try, let's, let's, try to, let's try to use all of our brain power, all of our body power to sit up and listen as if you were sitting on the edge of your seat for that scene in the movie that's about to happen. Oh, this is it. This is the place right here. And I just say that because I know for myself, I can oftentimes, when, the, when we get to the scripture reading, I can oftentimes just sit back and kind of be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not listening very close for some reason. I don't know why I do that. Maybe some of you struggle with that too. So let's listen really close today to God as he speaks to us. First John. And this is chapter, let's see if we can get this to work here. Maybe not. 
That was really anticlimactic. There it is. Okay, here we go. 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 11. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know we've passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence whenever our hearts condemn us. God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And to love one another as He commanded us. Those who obey His commands live in Him and He in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. John is going to begin to repeat himself quite a bit. He's going to keep giving these evidences over and over. And he goes back to the Spirit as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's one of the evidences as we know that that Holy Spirit works in our life. We know, oh, that's, that's proof right there. That's evidence that I have the gift of eternal life. I want us to kind of zero in here for a minute on verses 19 and 20. Because I believe most of us struggle with doubt. At some point in our life, and maybe some of us many times in our walk with Christ, we struggle with doubt about my own faith. We might ask the question, am I really a Christian? I wonder if I'm really a Christian. And then we have reasons why we ask that question. John wrote this because he knows that our hearts condemn us, that our hearts are doubtful. And he says, I want you to remember something about that. When your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. Your heart is not God. Some people say, well, we just need to follow our heart, just do whatever our heart says. No, you don't. You need to follow God and do whatever God says. Some people just think, hey man, it's all about all heart. And no, our hearts can be deceitful. Our hearts can trick us. And here's the deal. God is greater. He is bigger than our hearts. My heart makes promises. I make lots of promises. But I can't perfectly keep those promises. You know what? God made a lot of promises and He keeps every one of them perfectly. Because He's great. He's greater than us. And so thankfully, God is saving us. We are not saving ourselves. Thank God, because He's greater than our hearts. Thankfully, He is giving us the gift of eternal life. We are not buying it with 
Our works. Thank God. Thank you, God. Because you are greater than our hearts. And God's greatness, I believe John is saying, God's greatness and your dependence on Him can help you overcome these doubts you feel about whether or not you have eternal life. And then he goes on to give us more ways that we can overcome these doubts. As I said at the beginning, by listing these evidences that he's listing throughout this book. And here in this verse right here, he tells us, we know, we know we belong to the truth. We know we do. Look in verse 23. He says this, his command is, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. How many of you believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ? How many believe in that? Raise your hand if you do. See, almost everybody in the whole room raises their hand immediately. And when you say that, you're not... I mean, I understand. I understand that James tells us, well, the, well, the devils could raise their hand and say, I believe. Totally different. You don't believe like the devil believes. You don't believe like the demons believe. The demons give assent to his existence. You don't believe that way. When you say, I believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, you're saying, I put my trust in him. I believe him. I trust what he says. I trust his work at the cross. That's what you're saying when you raise your hand. Now, if that's not what you're saying, if you're saying, no, I just believe like the demons that he existed one time. Well, then you believe like the demons. Okay? But that's not what... I know you guys, that's not what you believe. And John is saying, no, 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 you believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. And he said, here's another evidence. Here's another evidence. That you love one another. That you love one another as he commanded us. So, I think it's so important for us, I think it's, man, we need to pray for the firemen right now. <laughs> Everything all right? Probably? Okay, good. Uh, here's the deal. We, it's so important for us to realize that these things that John is writing here, these are not works so that we can earn eternal life. These are evidences that he is writing that show that we have eternal life. As you see these things in your life, you go, yeah, that's me. I have eternal life. That's why John is writing these things. So you'll know that you have eternal life. So, he says, this is one of the ways to love. So here we go. We're going to talk about love today for, for a little while. And I'm, John tells us three things that love is not. Three things that love is not. So I'm going to go through those quickly today. The first one that he says is pretty obvious. What's the opposite of love? Hate, okay? That's what we would normally just immediately say, love and hate. So he says, no, love is not hate. And he gives us the example of Cain. I mean, that's really obvious. Cain is obvious, right? He's obvious that he didn't love his brother. He killed his brother. But where did that start? Well, let me tell you this. Normally, when those kind of horrible things happen, they start with hurtful words. Now, I don't know the story of Cain and Abel because it's not written down in the Bible. But I'm saying normally and probably they start with hurtful words. They move to threats and lies. They go on to purposeful attempts to try and, and, and hurt a, per, a part of that person's life, either maybe get them fired from their job or split a relationship, and they escalate to physical damage 
to a person or to property. They don't, it's not just, people usually don't just get mad and the very first thing, as soon as they get mad, they just kill somebody. It usually grows and escalates. The road of hate grows if we let it stay. It, it kind of burns and then some wind blows on it and it, this flame comes up. And things like what happened in Paris this week happen. Terrible things. Because somebody let hate grow inside of them. And we can do the same when we hear about Paris. We can let hate grow inside of us and we can say, we're going to get revenge. And we have to go look at the Bible and it says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And I know there's a fine line between revenge and justice. Not really a lesson about that. Simply trying to make a point that we don't want to allow hate to grow inside of our guts and just the wind blow on it and it grows and it turns into a fire. And so, the, John says, don't be like Cain. He belonged to the evil one and he murdered his brother. Well, that one's pretty obvious. The second thing that love is not, love is not, number two, a lack of compassion. A lack of compassion. John says, if you have material possessions, then, then you should share with those that you see. You see someone who has a need, you should share with those person. Now, I think it's really important in this text that we read to see that serving, that action of love begins with not our hands, begins with our eyes. The text says, when you see someone in need and you have resources, then love will help that person. I remember years ago, there was a youth minister who used to be here. His name was Bill Jones. Some of you might remember Bill, Bill and Chrissy. Bill and I went on a trip together one time, and we were driving down, uh, driving down the road, and we stopped to get gas, and we pulled over at this, you know, this side of the road gas station. So I pump the gas, and I go inside to uh, go get coffee, obviously, and uh, go to the restaurant or whatever, get a snack. And so I go inside, and I look around for Bill. I'm like, I wonder where Bill is. I don't even see him. So I get my coffee, and I think, well, maybe he's in the car. So I go back out to the car. He's not in the car. I'm like, what's going on? Where, you know, Bill is a little bit of a nut anyway, so who knows what he's going to do. So I start looking around for him, and I, I find Bill. Okay, so it's like an all-sups, right, like this. And, you know, there's like the trash cans and the ice machine, you know, right here. And like right over on the side, Bill's sitting on the ground over there, like on the sidewalk with a homeless guy. He's just talking to him. The whole time I've been getting gas, getting my coffee, going to the restroom, getting my snacks, getting my stuff ready, Bill is sitting beside a homeless guy. And he's just talking to him. He's just hanging out. And then in a little while, he gets up and he goes in and he buys him a sandwich and gets some drinks for him and stuff and whatever he needed. And, and then he, you know, he sat back down and, and he, ate, he like ate something with him. He just sat there and I'm waiting in the car. I'm like, Bill, we got to go, man. And the thing that shocked me was not that Bill helped somebody in need. Because everybody here, if you found somebody who was hungry or thirsty and you had money in your pocket, you would help that person. You'd be like, I mean, I'll get you some food. Come on, go with me. We'll get some food. That did not shock me. What shocked me was that I did not even see the homeless person. Because love and serving starts here. Not here. That's the first thing. We need, some of us just needed to hear that today. Some of us just needed to hear 
that we need to ask God's Spirit to begin to open our eyes to the people around us. Our, even the people we live with all the time. Our family members, husbands, wives, kids, parents, our neighbors, the person that we work with. The bank teller that we see every week when we deposit our money. The friend that you share a hobby with and you see once a month. God, open our eyes. Oh, we see them physically. We know they're there. But open our eyes to their needs. Open our eyes so that we can see. And if we have resources, then help us to love this person. And so he says, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity in him, how can the love of God be in him? So love is not hate. Love is not lack of compassion. And finally, love is not mere words. Love is not mere words words. He says it this way, dear children, let, not, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. You all know somebody who has said the words to you. They said the big three, I love you. Or, or they said, I will always be there. Or they said, I promise. Or they said, I, I will help you out, or whatever you need. You just, anything you need, you let me know and I'll do it. But all of that was just words. It was words. And as you get to know that person, you find out it's not love. Because they're good at saying those words, but they don't actually mean what they're saying. Love is more than just Words. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 14 says this, like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of gifts that he does not give. We've been hearing all these predictions on the weather, you know, about El Nino. It's the biggest one coming. I heard one guy call it the Godzilla El Nino. The biggest one ever in the history of weather is coming our way. Snow. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but there's this little place up there called Ski Apache and I want to go there, all right? And I'm excited about the possibility of all this snow, and it's great for our village. It's just an awesome, I don't know. I, some people live here and they don't like snow. I don't get it. I'm praying for you. We'll see how if God changes your heart. Anyways, the point I'm saying is, let's say we go through this whole winter and the clouds come and they come over and we're like, it's going to be today. And then it doesn't. And we go through all winter and there's no Godzilla. There's no El Nino. There's no snow. Right, nothing. You know how disappointing that's going to be? That's going to be as disappointing as a person who makes a promise that I love you and says all the right words and then doesn't do it. So, may we not just love with words. May we remember that love is, is not just these three things. It's not hate and it's not uh, it's not a lack of compassion, and it's not mere words. Now, some of you, just for application's sake, real quick, some of you may be saying, well, okay, I, I, that's good, and I hope you're finding lots of ways in your life to apply it. But let me give you one way that all of us, everybody in the room can apply it right now today, okay? I'm going to give you three ways to apply it. And it has to do with Christian services. Christian services are right here next door, and we, uh, it, it's out of our building, but it's a, it's a ministry that serves people in Lincoln County. And I mean... We serve a lot of people. I'm going to give you some quick, some quick numbers. This year so far, 5,000 times the door is open and people have walked through with needs and they've been helped. 5,000 times. There's been, so far, there's been uh, almost 1,000 food boxes given out. These food boxes will feed a family of four for, for about four days. 
There's been uh, almost $10,000 of, of monetary help given. And that would be for things like some, some people get behind on their bills sometimes or, or doctor bills or, or a bus ticket or uh, different things that, that Margot and those who work there deem uh, necessary. There's been uh, over 100 coats already given away and we're just getting to the cold season so there's going to be a lot more given away. And, and it's a great ministry that has seven different churches in our town have volunteers who come. I don't know if you all knew that. Seven churches in our town send volunteers and they come here every week or, or regularly. And there's five churches, including Gateway, who provide support every month financially for this ministry. There's two individuals who provide support every month for this ministry. And there's one business in our town every month who gives to this ministry. And there's a bunch of individuals and, and civic organizations and some other churches who just randomly give when they, when they can. But I'm here to tell you that Christian services need three things. And every one of us can do one of these or all three of these. And here they are. Number one, Christian services needs volunteers. If you have some time, it's usually a three-hour shift, and I'm sure Margo will work out whatever you've got. They especially need some help on Mondays and Wednesday mornings from 9 to noon. But any time that you could help, they need volunteers. You talk to Margo, and she'll get you signed up. And you'll be blessed, and you'll be a blessing. They also need financial support. Some people give annually. Other people give once a month. Some people just sponsor a box so often. $35 will buy a box of food for a family of four for four days. However you want to participate in that, you talk to Margo and you can do that. And, and then thirdly, they need our prayers. So I know that all of us in here can participate in one or all of those three ways. And I want to encourage you to do so. Because love is evidence that we have the gift of eternal life. And love is not mere words, it's action. Love is action, love is laying down our lives like Jesus did, and love is serving. And that kind of love can make a huge, huge difference in our life and in other people's lives. Now, we're going to finish today with an illustration. We're, all, we're getting close, we're almost there. We've got one illustration that's going to bless your life this morning. My son Josh has an illustration he's been asking me for months to please let me share with Gateway. And this seemed like a perfect place to let him wrap up this lesson about serving others, about the action of love. So he's going to share this illustration with us, and I'd like for you guys to give a big, warm, uh, gateway welcome to Josh Duncan, one of my favorite people. Come on, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yay. Okay. Well, good morning. Um, I'm really glad I'm going to be here to be able to share this with you guys today, but I do not want to take all the credit for this because it's not necessarily my idea. I've seen um, a few illustrations like this in a bunch of different ways, but the one that I kind of took the idea out of was um, I went to Pine Springs this last summer, and Nate Bundy, that's J.E.'s cousin, uh, he's a youth pastor at Childress, uh, Tex in Childress, Texas, and um, he kind of expanded it through a whole week, and so I decided to condense it down a little bit, and so I'm, I'm really excited for this. So 
Um, I don't know if you guys, all of you guys can see this over here, but this, today this is going to represent us when we are young and pure in our lives and we are really unaware of um, somewhat of the toxic sin around us. And so um, I think that when, um, when we're that age, love is really mostly all that we know because from the moment that we're born, we're with our parents and they're, they're loving us in their arms and they're showing us God's love through, through his word. And so, um, and I mean, even, even the group of kids that come, here, come up here every Sunday, jumping around, holding hands, singing, I mean, that's, that is God's love right there. And um, so, that, well, let's just say that this, uh, this vase of water today is going to represent the kids that, that come up on stage, nice and pure. And so, these, um, these Cokes, the, they're going to represent our sin. And I guess if you've ever had Diet, diet Cola, I guess, um, well, you'll understand. So, <laughs> um, and so I'm going to be talking about kind of some of the actions that, uh, that really affect uh, our lives um, when, we, when we get exposed to that sin. And so one of the ways I'm going to um, represent that, I'm going to go back to, uh, let's see, is it verse 13, I think? Let's see, yeah. Um, it talks about Cain um, when, when he murdered his brother. One of the one of the actions that I I personally believe that he had was jealousy, and so he opened up that sin, and it affected his life. And I do mind you that all sin is the same. It's there's no level of of how big a sin in is or how uh, the quantity. It's it's all the same. And it all comes at once. It's not in little, little spurts. And so this sin comes into our lives and it affects our pureness. And as you can see, that it, I mean, it's no longer pure through here. Some of you guys can't see over there. That's what that looks like. So. Um, and so when, when Cain... Um, got to the point to where he was saying, man, I'm going to kill my brother. He was, he was relaxing in that sin, and it just kept on building and building. And after he committed that sin, he had to go on by himself. I mean, he really he didn't necessarily have a choice. He, um, so he had to go on by himself. But today, we have the luxury of having a whole room full of brothers and sisters in Christ who can help us uh, through through our struggles with relaxing in sin, and so I invited a few friends to come up on stage, and so now it's going to be the time that they're going to come up. I have asked them to help me with something. So um, to go back to the uh, the text again, I'm going to read uh, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. So you guys can go ahead and pick those up. So um, I have a few ways that personally for me um, that 
really, I can see the love of Christ um, through, through my sin. And that is um, even just hanging out with, with brothers and sisters in Christ and fellowship with each other. So, Colin, you can go ahead and pour yours in. And so, as you can see, it starts to overflow with um, just with with fellowship. And I don't. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that that people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, can take away our sin, because I mean, obviously they can't. But I do believe that they can help us stay away from that sin. And so um, the second thing is. Just when I get a phone call from a friend and they they just want to talk, and I mean I pick up the phone. Hey man, what's up? I'm doing good. How are you? That I can I can hear the love of Christ, and I can I can just feel it in my body that man, this person is really really encouraging me, and it's filling my life up with love. And so Shelby, you can go ahead and pour yours in. And so you can see it keeps on just overflowing, and over time, it starts to become a little more clearer. There you go. Thank you. And then, uh, thirdly, um, I think uh, some of you know that last Friday, I got all four of my wisdom teeth out, and (laughs) uh, I wouldn't be able to count on both hands how many people came up to me and asked how I was doing, how it went, and man, that that it feels really good when just so many lovers of Christ and so many um, and also I mean some of my role models come up to me and ask me how I'm doing cuz that it's really encouraging and so Emily you can go ahead and pour yours in and like I said it just keeps on overflowing with love and um just Christ so thank you Okay, and then fourth, uh, I don't know if he's here today. It looks, yeah, he's here. Mark Storms. He he's been helping me and my dad find uh, find a, a truck or well, trucks that we can that we can drive. And some of you may ask why, uh, how or how that is showing the love of Christ. And if any of you have ever seen my dad's car, you would understand. <laughs> and so, um, and. <laughs> and the, I, I believe that the way uh, that, that's showing the love of Christ is he's serving us. He's not getting anything out of it. He's just wanting to help us find, find, find some trucks that we can drive. And so, Alex, you can go ahead and pour yours in. And so it just keeps on overflowing with love and uh, God's word. So, thank you guys. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Give them a round of applause. And so, I'm going to pour a little bit of this out. I can't really tell from here because the soda is all around it, but as you guys can see, the water is mostly, well, maybe it's all the way, but um, the the sin has has left our lives, and so, um, uh, I mean, serving one another, it, it really can, it can make a difference in someone's life, uh, it can, it can make someone's day, um, 
And so, I mean, if any of you, if any of you are struggling today with relaxing in sin, and believe me, it's not a place that you want to be. It's a very dangerous place. Um, we want to pour these loving actions out on you today into your life. And so uh, if any of you need prayers or you're ready to be baptized today, I want to invite you guys to come on down as we sing. You reign on high, every mountain stream, every sunset sky. But my one request, Lord, my only aim, is that you reign in me again. Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I won't you reign in me again over every thought, over every word? May my life reflect the beauty of my Lord, because you mean more to me than any earthly thing. So won't you reign in me again 